Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Yes, sir. Burn, baby, burn. She's back. And a happy Tuesday to you. Pitter patter, the Flames, the 5 2 victory on the road. Baby, burn. And now it's uh, now it's Disco Inferno. Uh, yes, sir. Blake Coleman, game number 403 points, a couple of primaries on the first two goals of the game. Relatively low event contest, I would argue, especially throughout the first 40 minutes. But Flames were able to shut it down in the third period. A couple of key empty net goals, see the score inflated a little bit. But in the end, they take a 5-2 victory over the Flyers. And it's now back-to-back wins and on to Pittsburgh. Halfway through this season-long six-game road trip. Burn, baby, burn. Let her buck. Throw her up. Oh. This is the big show in the morning. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. My name is Matt Rose. Across from me today is Logan Gordon. George Russick away for the week, but he will be back on Tuesday. Then the other side of the glass... Alex Brody, our technical producer, and Patty Dumas, our outstanding producer. Fellas, how are we doing over there? Fantastic, Maddie. Absolutely great. Good morning. Brody yes, on sir. the beat. Brody on the beat over there. Logan Gordon's checking in. We're oh. feeling good. Argentina lost, Maddie. I don't want to talk about it. Do you guys know that George is from Ontario? Uh, Niagara. Niagara Falls. Don't yep. say Toronto. Don't say Toronto. You better watch your mouth. Can I say GTA? Like that's not no, GTA that's either. Not okay. That's not okay. Either. Everything's GTA in Ontario. <laughs> yeah, that's Toronto radio. We don't do that here. We don't. Yeah, we don't do that here. Yeah, with Logan. Your, your name and location on the text. Yeah, we don't do <laughs> that here. It's so don't hard. Do don't you dare put your name and location on the text. Uh, we got a we great. We will program. find you. Nobody yeah, did will. it yesterday. No, no, no. Nope, text nope. line was a little quiet yesterday. I gotta say, <laughs> gotta say. We had Disco but... Inferno going. We had lots of fun references, and just didn't hey, you be know a what? Part of it. No, I understand. Like, there's, I, I'm gonna take operator over here. I don't think I engaged the text line enough, and as okay. a result. We didn't get what we needed, so uh, we're going to work on that. We're going to try and uh, improve that as the day goes on. But we got a lot of fun things on the show today. Uh, We're going to get to the morning report, of course, uh, prepared by Logan Gordon just after the bottom of the hour. We got to get to a soccer report, Argentina losing to Saudi Arabia. Now, I'm not a a morning show regular, but I know that you guys have done a... Uh, a soccer pool for this. Uh, this this big is the tournament. only reason I care because of the soccer pool, in, Logan. Uh, and I cutter and I took Argentina second overall. Ooh, and that's today, a high pick. Today, took it in the teeth to Saudi Arabia two nothing. So well, well you know out. when I think of soccer powers, I really do think of yeah. the Saudi Arabians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that money, man. That's, coming, that's man. what I think. Yeah, I think about live golf, but okay. I think about uh, oil. Mm, yeah. I don't know if that's fair or not, but that's what I think about. Uh, and soccer, apparently. Six fifty. We'll bring you the soccer report, brought to you by Certain Teed, and the boys will get you caught up with everything that you need to know. Shout out to Wales, though. A draw with the Americans yesterday. Love to see. I'm that. still learning this. Is that good? Brody, is a draw, are we half, like, is a draw okay? What is that? In some situations. Well, is any time the Americans don't win is a good time. But, yeah, a draw point is in your first match. That's all right. So you are getting points for you a get, draw. You get one point for a draw, three for a win. So and England would be three right for now. for a loss. And zero for a loss. Okay. Yeah, you don't get anything for a loss. Well, I, I operate in NHL terms, Matt, <laughs> where we have loser points. Yeah. A loss yeah, but, isn't really a loss. Okay, but five hundred. Yeah, but we don't have draws either. I don't. I don't listen. I'm not going to get into the point system of the NHL with you. It's time for another day. Um, we're also going to get into our NHL quarter poll pop quiz. I've prepared a little bit of something something. We're going to pit Logan Gordon against Patty Dumas and test their general NHL knowledge. I don't test well. Yeah, I don't think either of you do. But how about this? I'll incentivize this for you, boys. 
I'll buy breakfast for whoever wins. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, and I know how broke we all are in this station. So very true. very true. It's a free brekkie on the table, so I want you guys to make sure you're studying up during all the commercial breaks. Uh, I've given you no notes and nothing to study whatsoever apart from saying it's going to be general NHL stuff. So I hope you're both ready for that. I'm Um, not. Good. To be very honest with you, I am ill-prepared. Ian Bagg, uh, comedian who is going to be hanging out at the Blue Ball on Friday. He's going to be doing a set, one of several comedians, big-name comedians coming up from the States to perform uh, at this set on Friday, and that's all in support of the Calgary Prostate Centre. We had Jeff Davison uh, in just last week to chat about this event. If you haven't gotten your tickets, grab them. Uh, and if you don't haven't, maybe you want to listen to Ian Bag. Um, he's also got a podcast called... Uh, uh, enjoying Enjoy or- orange, slices. enjoying orange slices. It's an NHL podcast that he does with uh, a buddy of his growing up that actually played in the NHL as well. I uh, listened to one of the episodes yesterday with Steve Spot. Learned a lot about the Dallas Stars. Like, hmm. uh, did you know that uh, young Wyatt Johnson is living with Joe Pavelski, playing on the second line with Dallas, and currently living with Joe Pavelski, not in his own place. The more you know, you can learn all about that. And uh, we'll ask Ian about all that. And following the NHL, we'll be in a comedian and everything that's going to go down uh, Friday night at the Blue Ball. Uh, Hour three, we're getting you all flames all the time. Ryan Leslie's going to drop by. Some really cool stories on some of the recent road trips. I want to ask him about going to Boston with Milan Lucic. I want to ask him about going back to Florida with Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Wieger. Was Matthew Kachuk hanging out with his old pals? Well, Leslie was uh, poolside with I Matthew. I know. He's going to have all the answers for us. Blake Coleman, 400th game yesterday. Like, I'm also going to ask him, like, what do you got coming up here? Are we going to give out some honorary doctorates and or someone going to be opening a hospital or something? Because every time these guys go on a road trip, it feels like Ryan's busting out some crazy feature on one of the players. So I'm excited to see what he has next and excited to see what he's enjoyed the most on the trip so far. That's going to be just after 8 o'clock as we kick off Hour 3. And then uh, Rob Rossi, Penguins writer at The Athletic, going to stop by as well. Going to get the story on all things Penguins. As these two teams have already played once before this season. But the second matchup is going to come in Pittsburgh. So we're going to look forward to that as well. And get you all set for the game that's going to go down Wednesday night at 5 o'clock. But before we get into all of that. Let's talk about last night in the hockey game. Uh, the Calgary Flames were able to beat the Philadelphia Flyers by a 5-2 to two score. W's. That's when I'm impressed. Uh, Brett Ritchie, missing this game, suffered a couple of injuries in that win Saturday against Florida. As a result, Kevin Rooney draws back in, playing center on the fourth line. Trevor Lewis bumps over to the right side. Apart from that, no changes to the top nine. Jacob Markstrom goes between the pipes once again. Uh, ninth start in 10 games. Overall... I thought that the Flames were pretty solid in the first period. I did think that they were maybe a little bit loose, giving up a little bit too much. But nevertheless, a couple of good checks. You get a couple of two-on-ones. And it was good to see both the players who scored on those two-on-ones score in the sense that they did. Dylan Dubé just opting to use his shot, fire that shot, beat the goaltender. Same deal for Jonathan Huberto, looking off the opposition and being able to Beat Carter Hart with the shot clean. Got a hat. Got a hat. 19 games, I believe it was for Dylan Dubé. Or not 19, but it had been a long time 16. for Dylan Dubé. 16 games since he'd scored a goal. And for him to score one like that, just a nice, confident shot off the rush, I think that's about as ideal as it can get for him. Um, but that was kind of my takeaway from the first period. You know, the the Flyers, they they got a lot of effort out there. That's for sure. They're doing their very best. And at the same time, maybe pressing a little bit too hard, understanding that they don't have a ton of offense, giving up some two-on-ones, but you had the Flames answer the, answer the bell and, and capitalize on those opportunities. What you got to do, and honestly, there's been way too many periods this year where the Flames utterly dominate their opponent and come out empty-handed. And that was one where you had two goals, and you felt good about that. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that, to be honest. I think... I think the second period for stretches of the second was probably their best hockey. Mm. And funny enough, that's when they didn't actually get anything done. I know they scored in the second period, but it's a weird tip off of Joel Farabee that I don't 
quite understand what he's doing with a stick like that, but that's neither here or there. The Flames it, got the goal. And yeah, it's a great shift in the offensive zone yeah, that sets yeah. up the shot, but I agree. It's, it's weird Yeah, run. it's funny because that's when I thought they played their best, and like you said, they didn't actually get anything done with that in the first period. Yeah, they were kind of willing to go, I don't want to say shot for shot with Philly, but it kind of felt that way. It felt like, oh, well, you know, we know that you are without five or six of your top guys here. We can, we'd be okay going up against you with, with who we have. Didn't, it didn't really hurt them in the end. Uh, you get the one goal from Lazinski. That's a good tip by the young man, making problems in front of the Calgary net. But yeah, I think the overriding factor is, hey, you had a lead. It got a little tense for you, but your goaltender was there when you needed him. I think all Flames fans are going to be happy to see Huberto with a really confident shot, right? Don't, you know, no need to force it in on a two-on-one. You're an NHL superstar. You need to take that shot. You're in a great position for it. Reminded me a bit of his shootout goal, right? He's just, he's got a really wicked release. Oh, yeah, big time. Use that shot, boy. Like, don't. Don't hesitate on that. Uh, yeah, like for me, he's a guy that loves to get his head up, kind of stop. Similar to Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny would do almost a little bit of a button hook and kind of loop towards the boards to protect the puck, whereas Jonathan Huberto is more of a, a stop, keep your head up, never turn your back for the play, and try and create something in that sense. Yeah, he's always going through his reads, it looks like. Yeah, but when he get that up, when he's getting that opportunity on the rush, you want to see him use it, and that's something that he certainly did. Uh, I had somebody text me yesterday about the first Jacob Markstrom goal and uh, just a pal of mine saying, how, on on the stinker scale, how big of a stinker was that for Jacob Markstrom? And I didn't feel like it was a, a bad one on him whatsoever. I thought it was a couple of defensive breakdowns where, you know, Caudry and Manjapani get a little bit mixed up in their defensive coverage in the high end of the zone. Zadorov and, and the other defenseman, I believe it was Uyghur out there with him, can't check the two players in front of the net. Spinning shot, deflected on net, and Markstrom isn't able to stop that one. But like you mentioned, I thought in the third period, there was the one save that he made on the Joel Farabee backhand that really stood out. His time was dying down. He was good on the pow- on the penalty kill as well, but I, I thought that Jacob Markstrom had himself a, another really strong game. And it's funny, like we talked to Nick Kiprios just yesterday. And kind of asked him about, you know, do you, is there any way that the guys could lose confidence in him? And I didn't expect the answer to be yes. I expected it to be a hard no that's a ridiculous question, which it was. And nights like yesterday are kind of the reason why I go, yeah, that's this is the guy that they're going to ride. This is the guy they believe in. We're going to see Dan Vladar at some point on this trip. They play a back-to-back, and the two games are less than 24 hours apart from each other, that type of deal. But... I didn't mind going to Jacob Markstrom, and I thought he was really strong, especially in the third when they needed him most. Yeah, it was. That was just to me. That was what Jacob Markstrom is for you. You know, it, it got tense in there after that three-two goal. Probably a little tighter than you'd like if you're the Flames. You had a couple of real white knuckle moments down at the end there, but you know, when Jacob's done his best, Matt, he's just a really calming presence for that group. He's not flailing around his net he's not panicking you know despite what might be happening with the group in front of him sometimes and hey good on philly for pushing and putting in that work to make it hard on the flames near the end didn't work out for them but you know a lot of credit goes to jacob markstrom in that i thought he was probably if he wasn't the flames best player last night he's top two with blake coleman in there yeah blake was really good last night as well um the three points 400th game love to see it um Kind of wild. Guy from Texas, 400 NHL games, two rings, and just keeps chugging away. So congrats to Blake Coleman. Good for him. Um, Another guy I wanted to ask you about, uh, Dennis Gilbert. Denny Gilbert from Buffalo. Um, Also found out he's good pals with uh, the young quarterback for the Argos. How about that? Chad Chad Kelly. Kelly. Uh, pals from their Buffalo days. That was fun to find out oh, yesterday really? on the broadcast. Yeah. Hey, backed him up in uh, high school football. Yeah. Back quarterback. Right on. That was pretty neat. What a small world. What a small world. Um, but anyways, um, throwing fist cuffs again. Got into a scrap with Zach McEwen. Three fights. Five games for this guy. And that's not necessarily like what he's, what he's known for. Um, you go back to... 
2021-2022, when he was in the AHL with Colorado, he had three fights all season. That's not that many. 2020-2021, played in the NHL for only a few games, but he had one fight. The most times he ever played was 1920, a career-high 21 NHL games. He had four fights that year. So I guess it's similar pace. He's at a he much higher... Really racked up the PIM since going back to his USHL days. Yeah, so it's not necessarily something he's known for. He's... You know, he's 6'2", 215, 220, something like that. A good middleweight class. Yeah, and he's fought some middleweights. Ryan Lomberg, I think Zach McEwen teeters on the, the edge of heavyweight, but I thought he held his own in that scrap yesterday. Um, but I like what we're seeing, and the ice time has continued to go up as well. Like, this was one of those games where I've been talking about it for 10 days. Ice time's up in the teens. He's helping. He is filling a role on the team. He is fighting guys. He is playing a pretty good role defensively. Uh, I've liked him with Chris Tanev, and I think, you know, that's a pair that with Mackenzie Weger and Nikita Zadorov right now, you're feeling pretty good about what you're getting from them, so you can go with uh, the other two on your third pair and play them less than 20 minutes and be happy with it. Like, Chris Tanev was less than 20 minutes yesterday, and you don't hate that, especially when you're not killing a bunch of penalties. So that's good to see. Six defensemen finally playing. Now, granted, Michael Stone might draw into the lineup on Wednesday after he practiced with the team on Monday, but still good to see for Gilbert, who's, you know, getting himself known here and, and trying to get noticed by this coaching staff. Well, we've, we've talked about it for a while now since that, that Stone injury happened, and it's kind of been, I mean, for, let's, let's be honest, for a lot of these games, Matt, they were playing with five D-men, right? That's what it was. If you're playing eight or less minutes mm -hmm. like Gilbert or D Simone or Mackie were in some of those games. You're pretty much playing with five guys. Yeah. And you're changing up D pairings. You're getting away from it because you have to shift that extra guy in. It just throws everything off. If the six can be this guy and Hey, maybe it's Michael Stone and he comes back in and is able to play that regular role that we saw him on to start the season. That's great. But I think if you know that Dennis Gilbert can be that guy to give you that, and you don't need 20 minutes from him. That's what I'm trying no. to say. He, he can be that, you know, in-between guy between the NHL and the AHL for this team. But they, you have to get more than seven or eight minutes. If you can get this 12 to 15 minutes from him, I think you're more than happy with that. I think the contributions, some people, you know, I, not anybody that I know, but some people... Uh, you know, don't like the fighting aspect of it, whatever. That's your own opinion of it. I've loved it. I thought the teams really liked it. I think it's made an impression on his coaching staff uh, to watch him and say, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes. If somebody wants to, to go at me and I can get our team some energy, I'll go and do that. And it means sitting in the box for five minutes, fine by me. He's been, he's been just great, and I think he's only getting better playing with, with Chris Tanev on a regular basis, which is... Stunning. Chris has never done that before in his career. It's not like he's ever made his D partner better. Yeah, exactly, right? Then rinse and repeat for number eight for Red. He's been really solid in his return to the lineup. I do wonder if we do see Michael Stone ahead of this game against the Pittsburgh Penguins. But right now, um, the team playing some pretty strong hockey, I would argue. I think the turnover by Andrew Mangiapane was a bit egregious, to say the least. Yeah, that, that wasn't, wasn't great. That was uh, the old pizza pie yep. up the uh, middle of the ice. It's Amore. Um, didn't love that one for Especially sure. Especially when you're giving it off to the D-man who's jumping the zone. Well, wasn't he trying? Anderson that, that tries to jump up. Yeah, and but he could have probably got it to Dubé if he'd made the play quicker on the boards. None of it was good. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I, I they, like Andrew a lot, but none of he that He had was... options, and he heard footsteps, and he turned the puck over, and Farabee ripped one one. He chose on, violence. On it wasn't good. Yeah. These things will happen, but at the same time, we saw the Kadri manjapani Dubé line back together once again. I thought there were some some moments for sure, um, but I still feel like need more from the two wingers on either side of of ninety one to really have a a a second line that you say we can go throughout the entire season with these guys together and feel like they're not only going to be able to defend, but they'll be able to chip in offensively as well. 
Well, you know what? It's interesting to me, Matt, because I look at it and I think I, I really think right now that's your third line. Mm. I think Kadri, Manjapani, Dubey is your third line right now. Sure, either whatever way you want to shake it down. Like I've I've remarked to some of my pals right now, I see this as essentially four second lines or three second lines and a fourth, uh, the way that it's iterated right now. Um, but your overall point that they need more from from Manjapani and Dubey is fair. Yeah, like that's that's the one thing I'm looking at here. Like Nazem Kadri's engaged. I thought that was really interesting what they played at the beginning of the second period with some of the audio between the guys and chatting and I got to be here, I got to be here. This is my mistake and, and a lot of it with Kadri and and still trying to figure out the tendencies of where they like each other to be when they're playing on the ice together. Uh, especially Kadri and Huberto, who don't play on the ice really very much apart from when they're on the power play together. But I thought that was a pretty unique little feature that they were dropping for us on the show yesterday. And uh, I continue to be really intrigued by just getting into the lineup and getting used to this new system. And I do wonder, like the guys talked about on the postgame show yesterday, you know, now that that Florida game, that first one, that return to Florida as well, is out of the way for Huberto and Uyghur, do we see a little bit of a, almost a, a weight lifted off the shoulders in the sense that you don't have that ominous, what's it going to be like the first time I run into Bill Zito in the hallway after he called me at 1130 on a Friday and told me he'd ship me to Calgary? What is that first meeting going to be like? Well, and now you don't have to worry about that. Now that's done. You can move past it. And you can just focus on playing. And I think it's also good that that came early on in the road trip. You can still kind of have some of those distractions on the road, uh, away from some of those distractions on the road for the rest of this road trip after that Florida game. And I'm excited to see what Huberto does kind of going up, going the rest of the way. This could be a big jumping off point for him. Yeah, the, the Huberto one for me is, is should be uh, like I think last night was a good sign for him, and I think it's only going to get better from there. That that confidence is going to continue to to grow for him. For me, it's it's looking at you know still the wingers that you're trying to get more mm -hmm. from. Yeah, you know I, I don't know if we've talked about it enough, and I, I'm not trying to be negative after a win because they you know well, we just sang their praises for 15 minutes i think we can rip on them for a second after well, that second just, line wasn't for very me good. it's it's man japani right now right it's oh he looks like a completely different player he looks lost out there you're at you're the third highest paid uh no markstrom is ahead so he's fourth highest paid player on the team would you say that it looks like he's the fourth highest paid player on the team right now no definitely not and i've felt that way for the past dozen or so games, I would say. And it's hard because I think he had a career year last year. I don't know that I see in a contract year. Andrew at, at 35 goals on a consistent basis, but I, I don't I never, think... No, that always felt high-end for him. I don't think 20 Five? 25 is out of the question, mm -hmm. but I, I haven't seen that from him early on. And yeah, it's, I, I get it's an adjustment, but expectations are higher right now for the team and for him. I mean, you're at 5.8 million. You're not on a show me deal anymore. Well, there was just instances in that game yesterday where it's him and Dubé and the puckets chip back below the line. And those two are on the four check and they should be great. And they should be able to cause some havoc or do something at least against Philly. And they've got some good puck moving D Sandheim and Provorov are pretty good at that. Uh, D'Angelo, right? They've got some good guys that are pretty good with the puck on their stick. But nevertheless, there was far more too many instances where those two raced on the forecheck and far too quickly it was Philly coming the other way. Maybe with men, you know, there were just too many chances that felt like you needed to be harder on the play. You needed to make a little bit of a, a better play in some of those situations. But alas, you get the win uh, five to two. You get a couple of empty net goals that really helped pad the stats there. Um, but overall, never really did feel like Philly had a chance in this one. Like maybe for like five, 10 minutes um, after they tied the game, there was a little bit of a, a kind of clenching moment, especially when they're throwing up stats Oh, the Flames don't score any goals in the third period. Lowest in the NHL with only 11 third period goals. That obviously went up after the empty net. Yeah, it's always encouraging. Yesterday. You're like, oh. Oh, good. That's a bad number to look at. Wow. And yeah.
But anyways, they were able to score a few, get the win, and now it's on to Pittsburgh to face Crosby, Malkin. Malkin just celebrating his 1,000th game. And the Penguins. So we're looking forward to that. We'll take a break around the corner. Uh, we'll get you caught up. Logan's got all the latest from yesterday with all the audio you need to hear. Uh, football, hockey, and I don't know, but I'm sure there's some other stuff. World Cup report coming up at 6.50 as well. So keep it locked right here on Sportsnet 960. We are live in the Basement Systems downtown. Doug Lacey Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, yeah, around the corner. Morning Report. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Welcome back to the show. It is just after 6.30 on your Tuesday. If you're listening live, thank you very much. If you're listening live, we recommend that you grab a hold of the podcast, Google, Spotify, Amazon, or Apple. Really your favorite podcatcher. The big show with Russick and Rose. we got a lovely picture of the Saddle Dome and the Calgary Tower. Hit subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. We'd love wow. that. We got lots of great ratings right now, Logan. Four point nine rated on Spotify. Is I don't want to higher brain. or lower than your Uber score. Uh, for sh- uh, close. I think I'm like a four point eight on Uber. Well, you're a good boy. It's pretty good. Yeah, you know, tip your driver and stuff like that. It's pretty simple. I think. I think that's fine. Yeah, just checking. And if you're uh, you. listening on the podcast, this is midway through uh, hour number one, hour number two. We're going to have our pop quiz and Ian Bag, comedian and co-host of Enjoying Orange Slices podcast, going to join us to talk about Blue Ball coming up on Friday. Ryan Leslie and Rob Rossi going to join us in the third hour, the eight o'clock hour to help tee up the Penguins and the Flames coming on Wednesday and also break down last night's action. But right now, it's time to get you caught up on all things sports. It's the Morning Report. and It's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by 10% on 51st Avenue and 3rd Street Southeast. We say good morning to the man, the myth, the legend, Logan Gordon. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, let's start it off with some Calgary Flames hockey last night. The Flames midway through their six-game road trip, stopping off to visit... Uh, Something resembling the Philadelphia Flyers. Yeah, a little banged up. Yeah, you know, no Van Riemsdyk, no Lawton, no Ellis, Couturier, uh, missing names. But yeah, it was a shorthanded group for the Flyers. The Flames coming in with the same lineup almost that got the win over the Florida Panthers over the weekend. No Brett Ritchie. He is dealing with a couple of injuries. So Kevin Rooney inserted back in the lineup. The rest remains the same. Dennis Gilbert on the blue line and Jacob Markstrom in goal. This one wouldn't take long for the Flames to get on the scoreboard. A little two-on-one action, and Jonathan Huberto would get the scoring started. Here comes Jonathan Huberto the other way. He shoots, and he scores! Jonathan Huberto rips the puck by Carter Hart on the blocker side, and the Flames strike first and take a one-to-nothing lead. It's a really obnoxious drums in the background yeah. there. Philly really... They really love that, hey? Really excited. Mm. You can hear the crowd. Yeah. Yeah, they really. wouldn't be uh, much happier later when the Flyers would give up another two-on-one. The Flyers the other way, but they turn the puck over at the Flames' blue line, and now we've got a two-on-one. Dubé and Zadorov. Dubé shoots and scores! <laughs> what a shot by Dylan Dubé, who rifles the puck past Carter Hart. His first goal in 17 games makes it 2-0 Flames. How about the puddle of mud in the background, eh? Yeah, I didn't. I noticed li- that yesterday. I was I like, yeah. I didn't like any of that, really. I'm not going to lie. I didn't enjoy a whole lot of that. Did you enjoy the goal? Goal was fine, yeah, but I didn't like what they were doing. And Yeah, it's like other yeah. team scores immediately start the drum to yeah, stop that. It's very, it really ruins the call, yeah, doesn't it? Really it really does. Yeah. Really mm. hard. Yeah. Uh, Dubé's second of the year is first in 16 games, guys. Gives the Flames a 2-0 lead. Blake Coleman in game 400, getting a primary assist on both of those goals early on. Uh, Really nice work by Backlund and Coleman to win that battle. And Spring, uh, I believe that was the second two-on-one. Actually, that was the Huberto one. I lied. They were good. 
Uh, so good start for the Flames. It would be tampered a bit in period number one. Tanner Lazinski, one of the early call-ups for the Flyers to help deal with all their injuries up front, would get a tip on a Kevin Hayes point shot. His first career NHL goal pulls the Flyers within one after 20 minutes of play. We take you to period number two, three minutes in, and the Flames would restore that two-goal lead. Lajapani plays at right point. Hannafin across to Anderson. He shoots and scores. Rasmus Anderson bounces the puck past Carter Hart and makes it 3-1 Flame. Nice shot yep. by four. Nice work down low by the Caudry line to win a battle. I know I just ripped on him in the first segment, but this was an instance where they were very strong at it. Pass over. A quick shot from Anderson from a tough location. Nice Fair- little assist to Joel Farabee. Nice little assist to Farabee. Just a little flying around in no man's line there. Right on. Thank you very much. Yes, sir. Anderson's second from Hannafin and Manjapani. The only score in period number two. Really the only thing of note to bring you in period number two. So we take you to period three. Flames still with that two-goal lead. Joel Farabee making up for that tipped uh, goal that helped the Flames get up by two by uh, bringing home his own. A not-so-great turnover in his own zone, Matthew, by Andrew Mangiapane that leads right to the stick of Joel Farabee in the slot. He beats Jacob Markstrom for his fourth goal of the season. And you get a little bit tense. Flames up just one on the road against the Flyers. We take you late into the third period. Flyers with the net empty, pushing to try and tie this game up. Tip it to the front of the net. McEwen to Farabee. Robbed by Markstrom from right on the doorstep. And now the Flames fire it down the ice and score. Bang, 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 bang. Yeah, we could probably cut all for that. The Flyers next time. to tie it. Jacob Markstrom makes a sensational save. And then from deep in his own zone, Blake Coleman puts the pocket of the empty Flyers net. It is Calgary 4 and Philadelphia 2. Sure did. Right into the music, right into the drums after the goal. It's a key save by uh, Jacob Markstrom. It wasn't his hardest save. It wasn't uh, windmill on Mark Shifley. It wasn't the stop on Kopitar. But it was it was close. It was in the neighborhood. It was in the ballpark. It was timely. Yeah, it was uh, very timely. Right. Very important save when they needed it most. Uh, so Coleman caps off game number 400 of his NHL career with that empty netter and two assists. Trevor and a Lewis victory more so than anything. Yes. A victory and the two points. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lewis puts an empty netter in himself uh, about a minute later from Tanev and Lucic to seal this one. 5-2, your final score. Flyers uh, downed by the Flames for their seventh straight loss. Fire, uh, Flames, 30 goal, shots on goal. Flyers, 25 face-offs were an even 50-50 split, Matt, and Ooh. neither team scored on the power play yesterday. Yeah, I thought the power play was okay. Some good zone time, a couple of good re-entries. Um, penalty kill was pretty solid overall i thought it was a pretty low event game you don't hate that when you're on the road you got to beat the teams that you're supposed to beat and philadelphia is certainly one of them now you've got to try and beat a pittsburgh team on wednesday yeah that's next up for the flames game four of this six game road trip will be against the other pennsylvania team the penguins malkin crosby etc uh another five o'clock broadcast coming your way here on sportsnet 960 on Wednesday evening, so stay tuned for that one. And uh, they've won three in a row as well. Yes, they're heating so, up uh, as well. They Malkin with game a thousand. They did the fun little let's warm up like Evgeny does, yep. and that was fun. So yep. good on them. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to some other NHL action, Matt. There's a ton of interesting milestones from last night across the league, including a couple of games that started at five when the Flames game was on. So you might have missed these. So let's start. With the uh, other team in this province, the Edmonton Oilers, they were in New Jersey getting set to take on the Devils. If you haven't heard, Matt, Hmm? the Devils are pretty good at hockey right now. I've heard that, actually. They've won 12 in a row, and the Oilers could not stop them from getting to 13 last night. Zetterlin, the interception, Sharon Govich in with Boquist. Sharon Govich delays. He scores! 
Sharon Govich's goal there. That's the 5-2 goal. Jesper Brat got things going for the Devils early in this one. 5-2 your final score. The Devils with their 13th straight victory, Matt. You know what the NHL record is? What? 17. Hmm. Okay. Set by so the they're, Penguins in the 90s. They're crawling up there. Yes. Uh, listen, this team is so much fun to watch right now. I think it was Nico Heischer after the game who said this is the most fun he's ever had playing hockey and he never wants it to end. Yeah, that's probably fair. Um, they're a good team. They got long, lengthy blue liners that are hard to get around and pretty strong in the defensive end. They got some offense from back there, too. They got scoring lines. They're not even that healthy. Andre Palat's missed pretty much the entire season for them, too. Fabian Zetterlin, just this random rookie that they've found. That, you know, he's actually a relatively high pick, but nevertheless, not someone that you had heard about in the Calder scoring race or anything like that. He's right up there in the scoring race right now. So it's it's been fun to watch for the Devils, that's for sure. So the Devils were the Devils. The Devils. Uh, they moved to 16-3. and three. And you'd think, Matt, with a 13-game winning streak, that you'd be the best team in your conference early on, right? You'd probably be the best team in the league. Uh, you're not, though, because the uh, Boston Bruins are red hot. And, a, in my mind, a guy that's going straight to the Hall of Fame when he's done this hockey thing uh-huh. uh, hit a pretty significant milestone last night in the Bruins' win. Layman is DeBrusque, his shot pulled down by Marshawn Wade, shoots, scores! Brad Marshawn with a fourth Boston net and an assist going to Patrice Bergeron for career point number 1,000. Mm. Marshawn's sixth of the year in period number two. Not only would give the Bruins the game-winning goal, but would give Patrice Bergeron... His 1,000th career point, he talked about it after the game. As I said many times, I think it's a, it's a special game that, that you know, um, that gives you a lot. And obviously, you, you go through a lot of ups and downs. But uh, at the end of the day, all you remember is, is really the, those memories, those friendships, and, and the, the guys you go to battle with. So it, it, was, it was a special moment. Bruins win at 5-3, Matty. They're a good team. They're a wagon. They've got so much confidence yeah, in their team right and now. 17 and 2, 7 in a row winning, uh, haven't s- lost at home. Said it earlier, man, there's something in the water in Boston because the way that McAvoy and Marchand have been able to come back from some pretty serious injuries and not miss a beat, like both look like, you know, trophy eligible type players once again. That's pretty impressive. Uh, Jim Montgomery's got that team rolling right now, and they're getting some good goaltending. Like, that was a bit of a problem for them last year. They had two decent goaltenders, but there were nights where neither of them could make a save. Linus Allmark's been one of the best goalies in the league. So Bruins move to 17-2. Devils are 16-3, and and they are right now the beasts of the East. Let's continue with the milestone watch last night. How about the Calgary kid? As it far side, right at the hashes, Archery Leckett, Durantini behind the net, Deep McCall with a shot, he scores! The one-timer, and there it is! A power play goal by Kale McCarr, his 200th career point. 200 career points, pretty good, Matt, right? That's pretty good for a defenseman, yeah? Yeah, like, in I under know, 200 games. Felt like he would do it eventually. What? Sorry? He did it in under 200 games. Yeah, he becomes the fastest defenseman oh. ever. Oh. To oh. 200 points. Ever. Ever. Bobby Orr? No. Oh. Ryan Leach? No. Sergey Zuboff did it in 207, Matt. That was game 195 for Kale McCarr. Oh, 12 <laughs> games less. 12 <laughs> games less. Well, honestly, whenever you watch the guy play, you're like, well, this is unbelievable. He's he's so good. And I'm not surprised at all that he's already gotten to this point. So every blue liner in the top nine of reaching 200 points by a defenseman around the 200 game mark. Uh-huh. Uh, Zuboff, Leach, Housley, Pot, Van, Howe, or Gary Suter and Coffey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all in the Hall of Fame. Oh, that. Uh, okay. That. Uh, yeah. Yep. All right. Not bad. It's not early. But no. Yep. Okay. It's 24. Just yeah. to remind you. Oh, and he's um, already got a ring and yeah. Con Smythe. Con Smythe, and... Norris. Pretty good. Uh, one other uh, YYC's best, baby. Let's go. Uh, David Poyle, congratulations to the Predators GM. Uh-huh. Why? They pick up a 4-3 shootout win over the Coyotes. Mm-hmm. You think David Poyle's been doing this for a bit? That was his <laughs> 1,500th. 
1500th regular season win yeah. as GM of the Predators. Of the Predators, yeah. <laughs> 1,500. That's a long time. That's every Predator win. That's, that's unbelievable. A, that's a good point, Patrick. That's, yeah, good for him. Uh, that franchise has always been pretty good. Like, they had some down years, yeah. but for the most part, they've always been around the playoff picture. And uh, honestly, the way that that market has continued to respond in a positive light to the Predators thinking of some of their recent playoff runs and some of the ways that barn would just be absolutely jammed and the different chance and all that thing. It's Las Vegas in the East. You got to give a little bit of love to uh, David Poyle when you look at uh, the product that's on the ice for the Nashville Predators. They've done a good job. Okay, two quick OT results I want to get to before uh-huh. we end the hockey story last night. We'll start in Toronto where it was insult to injury, literally, for the Maple Leafs against the Islanders in OT. Here's Brock Nelson in on the wing, a shot, they score! Anthony Beauvillier and the Maple Leafs' problems in overtime continue. Not good for the Leafs. They dropped this one 3-2, but the bad news, Matthew? Yep. Morgan Riley leaves this game with an injury. Oh, no. The if last thing they needed is to lose another defense. Yeah, if you haven't heard, Jake Muzzin potentially done playing hockey, period. TJ Brody, the former Flame, is injured and is not coming back anytime soon. So now potentially three top defensemen for the Toronto Maple Leafs out with injury, and they lose the game 3-2 to the Maple Leafs last night. Yeah, you don't love that. Or to um, the Islanders, excuse me. That's not great for Toronto. Um, they, they just got Matt Murray back, and obviously you would like him to have a little bit more support around him with that blue line. We talked to Nick Kiprios about it on Monday. Can they do it with this blue line? And he almost scoffed at the question, because they can't. And they keep losing, guys on top of it too so it's a tough spot to be in if you're the Toronto Maple Leafs that's for sure and because uh, there's nobody that is itching to throw them uh, uh, just a, a, a handout here defensemen no. are high priority right now high price tag uh, last one we get to before uh, we move on from hockey last night Patrick Dumas yeah, and yeah. his Winnipeg Jets tried to Ooh. do everything in their power to hand this game back to the Carolina Hurricanes. You're up 3 nothing late. So Paul Maurice, no, not Paul Maurice, that's <laughs> an old reference. Uh, Broad Brindamore yes. goes with the old, yeah, well, we're down 3 nothing. I'll pull the goalie real early. Well, it works. Jacob Slavin, his first of the year with 15-12 into the third period. Okay. So about five minutes left in the game, Matt, they're pulling their goalie. Okay, yep. so we're down by two. All Let's right. pull the goalie again. Andre Svechnikov, his 13th of the season at 16:52. It's a one-goal game. Marty Natchez, his ninth of the year at 19:21. The Jets blow a three-nothing lead as the Hurricanes pull their goalie with five minutes left and tie the game, sending it to overtime, where Josh Morrissey saves them from utter embarrassment. Trying to center it up front, goes off a skate. Now Winnipeg will settle it down. Morrissey way ahead for the breakaway. Josh Morrissey in overtime. Scores! The Hurricanes brought back to force the extra frame, but Josh Morrissey ends it in overtime. Needed that one if you're the Jets. Shout out to the other Calgary kid who's also having an outstanding season on that Jets blue line. It was like uh, old school Jets, right, Patty Dumas? Like they, they haven't oh, been yeah. doing that this year. They've been one of the better teams in the Central Division. I'm, and one of the big reasons has been very strong play from their goaltender, Connor Hellebuck. At least it wasn't Hellebuck in net last night. Okay. It was, was David Riddick. Big save, Dave. Okay, yeah. well then <laughs> things start to come into frame a little bit better then. But they got the win. Shout out Josh Morrissey. Uh, quickly, Blues beat the Ducks 3-1 last night. That's important, Matt, because that's their seventh straight win. And if you missed it, yes. uh, they had lost eight in a row before this seven-game streak. So now on Wednesday, their next game, they can be uh, one of the first teams in NHL history to ever lose eight in a row and then win eight in a row. Uh, Jordan Bennington has turned his game around almost complete that helps. 180. And that's been a real big reason in the turnaround for them this season. 
Uh, that's the hockey story from last night. Let's teach you some Monday night football highlights. And it was really only a highlight for one team in this one. Mm-hmm. We were from Estadio Azteca in Mexico City, Matthew. Yeah. The 49ers and the Cardinals, the NFC West showdown in front of 78,000 people. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and uh, Jimmy G. Putting on 78 show. came out to watch Colt McCoy. Yeah, it was the Jimmy G show. Let's okay, be real. Yeah. They go empty with Garoppolo in the gun. They stack McCaffrey behind Ayuk right. Bunch formation left with Jennings and Kittle. Jimmy got pressure. They're tucking out. Throw on the run. It is caught by George Kittle. Breaks a tackle. Five. Touchdown. San Francisco. George Kittle. Four receptions, 84 yards, two touchdowns. Jimmy Garoppolo, one of his best games of the season, Matt. He goes 20 of 29 for 228, four passing touchdowns, and a 131.9 QBR. Niners down the Cardinals 38 to 10. This one really wasn't ever close. Uh, shout out Greg Papa with the call. He's been doing a great job with the 49ers. We've been playing a lot of their calls. They just keep on winning, and they're doing it in an exciting fashion. So. It's getting lots of play. Uh, The 49ers are a great team, and the Cardinals, frankly, are not that good. They're just not, especially when Kyler Murray is not healthy. Um, But who can blame them? New Call of Duty's out. The other thing here is that the Niners just have so many weapons. Two tutties for Greg Kittle. Brandon Ayuk had two touchdowns. 39-yard rushing touchdown for um, Debo Samuel. Like, they were... They were unstoppable. They've got so many weapons now. Christian McCaffrey over 100 yards from scrimmage. What are you going to do to stop the Niners now they've got an elite offense to go with their outstanding defense? Who's a little banged up, but still very good. Could be their division to lose, Matthew. Next up in the NFL, a triple header on American Thanksgiving this Thursday. Quick uh, couple notes to wrap up the morning report. Uh, Aaron Judge set to meet with the Yankees today. Excuse me, set to meet with the Giants today as they try to pry him away from the New York Yankees, that according to MLB Network's John Morosi. Mm-hmm. And uh, a quick note, uh, Melvin Gordon waived by the Denver Broncos. Uh, not a great season for Melvin, who's been benched a couple of times by the lifeless Broncos. And uh, we'll now see if he finds another NFL home late no, this season. That's really an indictment as a team that lost their stud yeah, running you back. Yeah, Javante Williams. Yeah. This was supposed to be your one-two punch and... And now you you're going with Latavius you Murray. Whoa, ah, yeah, mm. not. Great. Don't love that. No, that's nope. your uh, your morning report, Matt. That is your morning report, and it's brought to you by MotorWorks. If you own a BMW, choose MotorWorks for service and repairs. They'll gladly match and then beat any competitor's price by ten percent on Fifty First Ave and Third Street Southeast. But before we get out of here and get to our very exciting and very fun pop quiz, the boys on the other side have the absolute latest on. The big soccer tournament out in Qatar. Yeah, and this is the soccer report brought to you by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty pro all the way. Day three already underway in Qatar, including one massive upset, and we'll get to that in a second. But first, let's get you caught up on yesterday's action. England starting their tournament off with a bang, scoring six against Iran to win their group opener 6-2. Wakuya Saka had two goals to lead the way for the English. They will take on the USA on Friday. That will be a treat for sure. And Iran will tangle with Wales, Maddie, as well on Let's Friday. Let's go. Let's go, Wales. Let's go, Wales. Big draw. Senegal, uh, they were taking on the Netherlands. Uh, the Atlas Lions of Senegal without their star man in Bayern Munich, Sadio Mane, but they still possess a ton of talent. Taking on the Dutch, who uh, they looked a little out of sorts for a good chunk of this one, but that's just the way Louis van Gaal likes to coach. Uh, first shot on target, Dutch, 84th minute, Cody Gakpo oh. heads one in. Wonderful ball from Frankie De Jong. Edward Mendy really messed that one up. Missed the ball completely. Davy Klaassen would add on one more in added time. Netherlands win their group opener 2-0 over Senegal. They're back in action on Friday, taking on Ecuador. Senegal will look for their first points against the hosts, Qatar. Maddie, this is the game of the day yesterday. Uh-huh. Uh, absolutely electrical match between the U.S. and Wales. Uh, electric scenes in that Welsh anthem. I got goosebumps. I know Lou was watching it. He was he, he'll cheer against the Americans in anything. Yes, that's for sure. Me too. Uh, yeah, well, anybody. Yeah, here, mostly. Right? Like, yeah. yeah, except George. He likes the Americans for some reason. Oh, George. Uh, yeah, the giant wall, red wall of Wales. That support. <laughs> that was great. 
However, it was the Americans who controlled much of uh, the possession in the first half. Chelsea man Christian Pulisic with a nice ball into Timothy Weah. His dad, George Weah, was former Ballon d'Or winner and current president of Liberia. Oh. That's pretty awesome, eh? Uh, Nino. Yeah. The more open, you know. Yeah, he would open the scoring. Uh, nice chip past the diving Wayne Hennessy. Americans lead 1-0 at the half. Second half, completely different story. All Wales. It was finally in the 82nd minute. Mr. Everything for the Welsh, Gareth Bale, awarded a penalty. Steps up, blasted by Matt Turner. Wales earn a point, 1-1 the final. Nothing better than watching the Americans not win on the world stage. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, Garth Bale. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to Tuesday, day three at the World Cup. Got underway at 3 a.m. today with co-favorites Argentina with Lionel Messi and likely his final World Cup taking on Saudi Arabia. Early on, after some pushing in the box, after an Argentinian <sighs> corner, VAR with determined penalty Ugh. for the La Alba Celeste. VAR. And the GOAT, Lionel Messi, would step up Get that PK. Messi's seventh World Cup goal. Argentina lead early 1-0. Second half. This is where it got interesting. Yes. Salah El Shahari, three minutes into the second half, would tie the Argentines at one. Five minutes later, the Saudis still keeping the pressure on. Salam El Dawasari turns and fires at the top of the penalty area right past Emmy Martinez. 2-1 Saudi Arabia. They hold on. Maybe the biggest win in their history and probably the biggest up, one of the biggest upsets in World Cup history. Uh, I think of Senegal beating France in 2002. That's right up there. But Argentina dropped all the points to the nation that everyone thought would finish last in Group C. Three more games to come today. Right now, uh, Maddie's other pick, Denmark, taking on Tunisia. This one's nil-nil at the half. Coming up at 9 a.m., Mexico and Poland at the Stadium 974, made of completely out of shipping containers. Uh, then at noon, uh, the defending champs, <laughs> France, limping into the tournament. Vary had to send home two of their key strikers in Karim Benzema and Christophe. Christopher and Koku, uh, because of injury, they'll tangle with the Socceroos of Australia, and that's at noon. And some news from Canada. They begin their tournament at high noon tomorrow against Belgium. Manager John Herdman speaking this morning at the pre-match press conference says Alfonso Davies has hit, has hit his top speed and fully participated in training yesterday. All that with a giant smile on his face. Uh, if you don't know anything about Canada's side heading in, just know that Alfonso Davies is one of the fastest players on the earth and will be vital for Canada to make any waves in this tournament. Elsewhere around the uh, around the team, Herman says, everyone's come through healthy. Steven Eustachio should be good to go, and he's hopeful that Canada's number one keeper, Milan Borian, will be able to go good to go as well. And that's the soccer report brought to you by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. Would you say that, would you say that Alfonso has the need for speed? I think he's got the need. Nice. Right on. Yeah, we're looking forward to that Wednesday match. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I've thrown a little bit of a, a gauntlet on the table here for the lads in the uh, in the room here. Logan and, and Patty and Alex will find a way to get you involved as well. But we're going to do uh, our NHL pop quiz coming up uh, around the corner. I've got a whole bunch of NHL type of things to throw at you guys some some team stats some player stats and we're just going to uh check in and, and see how your real nhl knowledge is at the quarter mark poll and the winner i'm gonna buy you breakfast when we go watch uh, team canada play belgium uh on wednesday after the show does that sound uh so- sounds uh amendable that to you too? That'll, that'll work that'll work after we'll do the quiz you've been studying hard i assume both of you oh yeah no, not okay. really. Yeah, great. Thanks, Logan. Anyways, we'll do that around the corner. That's coming up next. Hour two of the big show rolls on. Sportsnet 960 The Fan.